Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Hey, welcome to this episode. So today I'm going to be talking about, um, I guess the opposite of what we, what we normally discuss, right? Which I guess what we normally go over is, uh, success, right? Or succeeding with building an online fitness business, growing it, how to handle, uh, more people, how to, um, scale up your operation, do more, uh, in the, in the sense of posting more content, managing more clients, bringing it on more staff, employees, perhaps, and I'm going to flip the script for today's episode and talk about um, basically business failure um, or uh, what to do if your business isn't working, um, which which actually I, I think when it comes to online fitness businesses is more common than perhaps a lot of people would would let on, right? So the, the part about, about propane that we don't often talk about is basically a period of time it went through where it... I mean, in fact, there were, there were two periods of time, right? One of them was, um, and I don't often share revenue numbers just because, frankly, I think it's a bit tasteless to focus just on that. But for the sake of this example, I will go into it a little bit. So we managed to get the business revenue up to about 20,000 a year annually. Um, now, bear in mind, that's between the two of us. Um, so that's, you know, it's not a full-time salary or anything, but that means um, we managed to get it up to about 20,000 a year Um relative relatively quickly i won't say it was effortless um but that that phase wasn't that difficult to be honest in terms of like once we figured out the things that we needed to do we were able to do them enough to the volume that um we got up to to 20,000 right and then we were stuck there for i think it was about 2 years more or less um and the thing is is that when people say their business was stuck you imagine like a world where they're just doing the same thing over and over again and wondering why it wasn't growing we weren't doing that, right? We were trying all sorts of stuff. Um, and if you've seen, we have a, a training that um, we are actually about to take down. So to be honest, by the time you listen to this, it may have gone. Um, but if you'd like it, drop us an email, let us know. But I go through like a revenue timeline um, of um, propane fitness, right? And how we how we grew it and the plateaus we hit. Um, you can go to, that's basically in the training we have as associated with this podcast. You can go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast to listen to it. Um but yes, yeah, so we got stuck around 20,000 a year. Uh, we were trying a ton of stuff. So that was actually when our fitness podcast started. Um, it was when we started doing like our YouTube channel and lots of different things. Um, because I guess like looking back on it, we didn't really, um, we didn't really have any idea why what we were doing was working necessarily, right? We just knew that we were doing some things and we were getting some clients and those people were staying. Um, there was a lot of problems with the business. We we more or less hit a ceiling across the board, but we just couldn't figure out what to do to to turn the dial up, as it were. Um, so we, we just kept trying new things. And eventually, actually through simplifying and doing fewer things, did we kind of break past that point um, and build it to the point where um, we 
pass the VAT threshold, we pass this like £100,000 a year threshold, which is completely arbitrary. Um, but that was roughly where we got stuck again, right? So just around around 100000 a year in annual gross turnover. Um, and we, we were stuck there for about another two, two and a half years. Um, again, just could not figure out what, what to do, right? Or why it wasn't continuing to grow because we were doing more of the things that we thought were working um, and it simply wasn't, wasn't growing anymore. Um, and then about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, we experienced kind of a next kind of plateau break. Um, and we, we grew again, um, quite a significant jump in revenue, um, where we, where we more or less sit. And I would say we are probably on the verge of being stuck again, to be totally honest. Right. And this is just the nature of running a business is you are, you become a professional problem solver. You become somebody who is always looking at this, like basically a machine that you've built, um, where, you know, you have like a production line and inputs on one side and lots of things happening in the middle and then an output on the other, which is, I guess, like your revenue, your profit, the uh, the number of people that you help and all this sort of stuff. And there's not really ever a time where things are just all working perfectly. And as you scale up and as you are helping and serving more people, as you are generating more revenue, you encounter different types of problems along the way. And some of them are, I guess, more serious with more consequences than others, right? Um, you often have more fees to pay, more tax to pay. You have to start employing people. There's lots of different things that, that start happening, but there's always something, right? And what I want to share with you today is basically the the framework that we use to figure out um, what the problem is or, or how to figure out where to apply your attention to try and fix the the bottleneck, right? So basically, that's all there ever is in a business. Once you have a proof of concept, so once you know, um, I have this service that I know the market wants, because that can, you know, if, if you're bottlenecked at that point, nothing else will work. You know that the market wants your service, which for most personal trainers, unless you're offering something very uh, left field and obscure, you know that there is demand for what you do, right? People, you don't need to convince somebody that they want to lose weight. They know they want to lose weight. They just don't know why they should ask for your help, right? So, you know you're able to help them. You know that under the right circumstances, you can really get them a result. It's just a case of getting them there, right? So um, once you're at that point, you've established that and you've probably, if you're listening to this and you're a personal trainer perhaps or some kind of coach, nutritionist or, or expert, you've probably helped somebody before. So you've got proof of concept in that in that area. The rest of it is just figuring out where is the business blocked and what is stopping it from getting more throughput, right? So... Um, the way to look at this is, is basically there are, there are three levels of, of a business to keep things very, very simple. There's a lot more stuff going on than this, obviously. But if we look at things at a very simple level, we have um, the volume or the amount of leads. And people say lead generation or get more leads, and that's it's talked about a lot. But basically what we mean by that is people who have kind of raised their hand to say they're interested. Right. So I generally don't look at audience size, which is a lot of people do. People talk about engagement and they talk about followers and all these sorts of things. Those things don't really mean anything until you have a percentage of them who are serious enough to say, actually, I'm really interested in working with you in some capacity, right? So that's why we start the conversation at lead volume. So in other words, how many people on, let's say a month or a quarter, are you getting raising their hand saying, yep, I'd like more information about this. Okay. That's the first point that you could be bottlenecked because the next point, the next stage is sales volume, right? Or how many of those people who raise their hand, do you get them, do, do you take to the point where they actually transact, 
and buy something from you. Okay. And you can only ever have a percentage of leads who buy. Okay. It's very, very rare or almost impossible to take a total stranger to just buying something without there being a step in between, especially when we're talking about um, buying a service or coaching. All right. If you're just selling a five pound ebook, a little bit different. But in most cases, when we're selling coaching or recurring commitment, there's a step in between stranger and customer, and that is lead, right? So the first diagnostic is how many leads do you get? What is your lead volume? The second is what is your sales volume? How many of those leads go on to purchase? And then the third one is the the, the coaching capacity, right? Now, within that, there's lots of different things. So you could be um, you could be bottlenecked by the fact that you can't handle the volume of clients that you have, right? And your service is declining. And every time you try and get past 10 clients, you run into problems. Um, it could be that people are buying and they're signing up, but they're only staying for one month, right? So maybe there's a retention problem, okay? But basically it's somewhere along that spectrum we have, there's not enough people raising their hands saying they're interested. There's not enough of those people interested enough to buy. And then there's not enough people who are buying who are either staying or maybe you just simply can't handle more clients, right? So once you're aware of this, and once you can kind of see the production line from hand raised all the way through to recurring customer on a monthly or a, a yeah, monthly basis, you can start to figure out, right, well, where is the, the ultimate weak point here, right? How can I apply my attention or focus on one thing for probably the next month or maybe the next quarter to just fix that? So I'll give you two examples of people who have enrolled with us recently um, who are basically on two different sides of this spectrum, right? And you'll, you'll probably find that you fall into one of the two. The first one is a lot more common than the second, right? So the first one was um, a client, and these, I'm just going to keep these people anonymous just for the sake of it. But this is a client who um, had a pretty good idea or a very, very good idea to be honest, um, about how to actually coach people, right? So lots of offline experience, um, some online experience, um, but they were in a, a window or a, a, a sort of a, a, a phase of building an online business that I called, uh, I called online no man's land. In other words, you don't really want to be there. And by that, I mean, they had six clients paying them 50 pounds a month um, and the delivery was very manual. Right, so they were doing things over email. Um, they had it. They actually were, were onboarding these people onto a PT app as well. I'll not again. I'll not mention the brand. I don't want to throw people under the bus. Um, and the programming was manual. There were calls on a weekly basis. There were one-to-one -one calls. Um, and generally speaking, this is one of kind of the diagnostic questions we always ask: was this was taking about seven hours a week? Right, seven. It was actually seven to ten hours a week, based on like some weeks that had new programs needed to be written and stuff like that. Um, so let's say roughly rounded up, um, just shy of 40 hours a month, right. On, um, these clients for 50 pounds a month, not very good. Right. So the problem that they had was, was actually in two separate areas for separate reasons. Right. So firstly, no matter what they were doing on social media, they were in the middle of doing this like 30 day test of posting a new infographic every day where they were putting work into the caption and the caption was kind of, um, they'd been reading up on some copywriting stuff, um, working on the hashtags, trying to get grow their audience and basically get people to click a link in their bio to schedule a, a free call to then sell them the coaching, right? And the coaching was 50 pounds a month. And, you know, on the surface of it, it seems like a pretty good strategy, right? It seems pretty organized. And then once they bought, they had like onboarding materials they sent them. 
Um, and then those people were being coached one-to-one for 50 pounds a month using the, the method I've just outlined. And so they came to us with this problem. It was like, I'm trying to build this. I'm trying to grow this because I am sick of this like time equals money model that I'm stuck in as a, as an offline coach. So on top of all of these hours, right on top of that kind of 40 hours a month, um, on this, on this online income, um, they were also a very busy offline PT, which is why I said at the beginning, they had a very good idea of how to do the programming, right? They had experience with all kinds of age ranges. They had specialities and extra qualifications, were very, very good at what they did. And they were just struggling to transition from offline to online. And so this is a very, very common position that when people come to us in propane business for help is they are basically bottlenecked on two sides, right? So the online clients they had in the lead generation is generally 100% of the time due to organic social media. So the occasional opt-in through social media, right? And also word of mouth and referral. So in this case, two of the clients had found them through like their Instagram and stuff like that. And then the rest of them were friends of friends, family, friends of family, former colleagues, that sort of thing. Um, and often those people are great clients. It's just hard to grow that way. So that was the first bottleneck. The second one was, you know, the, like, if anything, the more painful problem, which is even if your marketing, even if this person's marketing was to actually work and they were to get 50 clients, right? They would be doing a lot of hours a month to the point where it's, it would be impossible. Okay. So the only variable left remaining would be to, to grow the business would be to linearly up your price every time. But the problem is if you're upping it as people are coming into the business, you have some people paying 50, some people paying 70, some people paying 100, and it gets messy, right? So that's kind of archetype number one, where there's like a little bit of a lead volume problem. Um, The sales method is also time equals money. So in other words, if they had 100 leads coming in a month and 20% of those people were booking calls, you'd have 20 calls a week. Sorry, 100, 100 leads a week, you had 20 calls a week, you were doing the 20 sales calls, you were converting at a certain percentage, and then you were managing those people and onboarding those people. Very quickly, your sales and your marketing is 100% time-based, right? So it takes your time to post on social media, it takes your time to do the calls, and then your coaching is 100% time-based. So it takes your time to deliver the programs and, and communicate with your with your clients. And all of the reason why this is no man's land is because it takes bloody ages and you just aren't compensated for it. Right. So there's not a, there's not a scenario where that model can generate you an hourly rate that is really that much more favorable than working offline. And a lot of people and where this client was, where they kind of reached out for help was they were thinking about just packing it in, to be honest. Right. Because there's only so long you can spend like tweaking these Canva infographics and coaching these people one to one before you sit down and actually work out what your hourly rate is and start to think, you know what? This is just, there's just no point. Okay. So. that's kind of problem number one where someone basically they are only operating the way they are operating because into from the coaching side of things because they don't have to change right if they were to figure out their marketing it would absolutely cripple them hi i'm charlotte from brighton and i'm a personal trainer and also belly dance teacher So I took the propane business course uh, as a bit of a risk, really. I hadn't had much contact with Johnny and Youssef prior to this. Their advert just happened to pop up in my feed at the right time. Um, So I did a little research on them, listened to some podcasts and decided that their ethics and their, their philosophies seemed to be fairly sound. So I took a plunge and signed up for the course. It was definitely a fantastic decision for me. 
The 12 week course has lots of amazing information about how to develop your business to last for the long term and to be able to build it and scale it to make it uh, bigger and better. And obviously there was also the 12 week fast track, which was really successful for me. I had a two week challenge for my followers and we had about 50 people in the group and uh, from that I got a lot of new clients which was fantastic and it also really gave me the confidence to do new things such as doing Facebook lives and other marketing things that I was always a little bit nervous of giving a go. So if you're thinking of taking the Propane Business Masterclass I would definitely highly recommend it. Good luck. The so the second side, the second example was actually it's more rare, right? But it's someone who had a big Twitter following. Um, we've had several people actually recently who have big Twitter followings. I think it's it is just becoming more and more of a um, of a platform of use since Instagram have recently changed their algorithm, and I'll, I'll talk about this another episode. Um, but basically, they had like leads on demand, right? And they could make sales on demand, um, and actually they had a huge potential to really, really deliver some some coaching but they hadn't actually launched anything yet for fear of being of becoming too busy right because the standard model is well if i'm going to coach people online i have to give them my time right it's, it would be weird to do anything else if I, i'm either going to sell an ebook or i'm going to sell coaching coaching equals time and i just can't justify doing it and they'd heard about our group coaching model and how we do things in that respect and they were asking for help with that but the point here is um, on both sides of this, right? One person who cannot get leads no matter what they're doing and the other one who could get too many leads if they're not careful, both of them still have problems, right? They still have bottlenecks. And a lot of the time it's linked to at some point or it will eventually lead to coaching. Um, but a lot of the time to begin with, people struggle to get the lead intake and the lead volume intake and the sales intake from that as well. So you can see just from those two case studies there, like, and I know I didn't go into them in very much detail, but both of them, you can very quickly start to focus on, right? So in the first instance, clearly, I mean, obviously in both instances, we need to fix the the coaching capacity problem. We need to break that time for money relationship. And that that is the case for nearly everybody we work with, to be honest. We've never, um, at least not that I can think of, worked with a client who's had a perfectly leveraged delivery system set up already, whereby they could happily take on 100 clients and it wouldn't matter, right? That's very, very rare. So most people need that. And you, if you're listening to this, you probably need that regardless, right? Then the second side of it is most people struggle to just get the interest, right? Most people could sell their service if they absolutely had to, um, for, if they just were, were put in a room or they had a list of interested people, but most people just cannot get the interest, right? And most people rely on word of mouth or things that are purely organic, so I just sent out an email to our list earlier today talking about um, this idea of like trying to become more productive. So bo both of these people were trying to work very productively on their business. So the, the, the first person was that productivity was in the form of putting more effort into the copywriting and the style of the captions and the posts, trying to convert more of their audience and grow their Instagram. In the second it was actually trying to improve the sales experience. They had all this interest. It was like, how do I um, try and get people to, to buy something automated and all that sort of stuff and make it make everything completely automated. But there's always this kind of, there's always something to optimize. There's always something to fix. And usually leads and sales are, like, even if you have a big audience, they're still the problem. 
and the, the, the diagnostic is what I was saying to my, my email list is you might feel like you're being productive. You might feel like you're working on things and you're doing things consistently. But if you can't say to me over the last 30 days, I've had this many leads come into the business and I've converted this many of them into clients at this price and my recurring clients are the following, then probably you're, you're wasting your time. Right? And I know that's a nasty thing to hear, but if you aren't doing things that relate to those two or three numbers, you're probably just doing busy work that kind of feels productive. So like all the Instagram stuff, the hours spent on Instagram perfecting the captions, like, yeah, it maybe got likes, comments, the odd share, the odd DM, but there was no real, especially in this case, there was nothing to show for it. Um, and the person with a larger audience, like they felt like they were doing something really, really productive, but actually the, like the, the wolf at the door where was, if they, if their marketing, if their sales had worked, they'd have crippled their business and their reputation almost overnight because they just wouldn't have been able to handle the volume and the demand anyway, and the sales anyway. So how do you actually put this into practice? Right? I think our recommendation is always to focus on one thing at, at a time. Right? So if you're sat there thinking, um, and most of you, I imagine, will be in the first camp right, where you perhaps have a couple of clients or maybe none online, um, you're probably doing some stuff already in the sense that you are posting on Instagram and trying to make that work or whatever platform is if you're choosing. Maybe it's Twitter these days. Um, and you're just not quite seeing the traction. Why is that happening? Well, there, there are lots of potential reasons and I don't want to give you a, a catch-all in case it doesn't apply to you and you waste the next month. But generally speaking, you're better off trying to fix one problem at a time. Right? So if you haven't got a regular flow of leads, which we'll take that as an example, You've got to try and figure out, well, why is that the case? So in most situations when that's happening, it's because you're only ever going to convert a small percentage of a given audience, right? And let's say you have 10,000 people on Instagram. You've unlocked a magical swipe up and you're trying to get as many leads from that every day. That's the same 10,000 people. And I've, I've used this example before in the past that like 10,000 people may sound like a lot, but I wouldn't even turn on a Facebook ad to 10,000 people. It just wouldn't be worth it, right? So 10,000 in the context of the internet is tiny and it doesn't take long for those 10,000 people to become pretty bored and pretty sick of what you're doing. So lead generation and not having sufficient leads usually comes back to, which may sound odd, usually comes back to not having a sales mechanism that is reliable enough right? And what I mean by that is what we teach people, which is the 14 day challenge. You may have heard me talk about that before. Once that's working, once you know that's converting at 4%, let's say, then you can just buy leads basically, or you can run ads to acquire leads 24 seven, because you know that the cost of acquiring those leads will be fixed or will be covered, sorry, right? Or fixed by the fact that you put a hundred pounds in, you make 150 pounds back out again, and you got a hundred leads or 50 leads or whatever it is in the, in the process. Okay, so you don't have to worry about this kind of busy work of posting on Instagram, trying to fix your lead generation problem, because your lead generation problem was fixed by the fact that you fixed your sales conversion problem, right? It allowed you to use a something more automated that isn't time for money, right? In order to you fix out how to sell your service so that you could fix that problem as well, right? And then the other way, the other thing that we teach inside the 14 day challenge, which is there's no sales calls involved. Right. So people have sold things, even though we don't support high ticket, people have sold things that are a thousand dollars in the 14 day challenge without a sales call because of how it works. And again, the reason it works so well is because it is not related to time. In other words, it is a presentation style sales process. You aren't speaking to people on the phone. You aren't stuck by how many calls you can take in a week. You are simply stuck by how many people can I get into this 
And then how many clients can I take? So by fixing your sales process, you have saved yourself all of the time of, do, of taking all of the sales calls and all of the time of having to try and generate the leads. And you're fixed with, you're, fixed, you're, you're left with the final problem of the coaching situation. And the way that we fix that is the first time we launch the 14-day challenge, we get the people who buy that first time, they are our beta customers. And we use them in exchange for a discount. We ask them to help us make something that is trying to automate and standardize all of the aspects of the coaching experience that can be automated and standardized. For example, how many times have you been asked, like, why are my carbs that high? Right? That's our most common question. Why am I, why are my carbs that high? Or why am, I, why are my calories that high? Or like, how do I warm up for leg press? Or should I take, should I have protein pre-workout or post-workout? Right? All these things that you've been asked before, those can be standardized programming can largely be standardized it's about selling an experience selling your expertise and your knowledge rather than just linearly selling more and more of your time and that's something that you can really do with an online program if you take the time to build it properly how do you do that you build it with beta testers and people who are helping you make it right if i said to you here's 20 of your ideal customer they are going to give you all of the material that you need to, to build this program from every question you need to answer, every resource you need to add. There's no more guesswork. There's no more like, well, would they need this or would they need that? Or will they need a call here? Or can I do it this way? They just tell you, right? So the program you build end, ends up getting better and better and better. And you're preempting more and more of what your customers and clients need. So by doing, the point I'm trying to get at here is, right, by doing one thing, which is, launching, building and launching and validating a one-to-many sales process. One-to-many as in you're not speaking to everybody one-to-one, you're presenting to a group of qualified people. By using a 14-day challenge, you have decoupled your sales process from being a time-for-money model, right? You're presenting to multiple people, selling to multiple people at once. Because that functions, we can now use ads for lead generation. Ads are on 24-7. The downside of ads is cost, We've covered the cost by the fact that the sales process covers that cost more than covers that cost, right? We are then left with, well, how am I going to handle 50 clients? We handle 50 clients by using the first few rounds of people who come into the 14-day challenge to help us build this bulletproof system that can handle 50 people because we've preempted a lot of the questions, we've pre-built resources, we've made a group-based coaching program that means that you have a coaching commitment each week that doesn't linearly scale the more people come into your program. Okay. So when people, sometimes people are in all sorts of different situations, right? When they, when they inquire with us. And these are two people that I mentioned who are in different situations, right? One of them had big Twitter following and was worried about becoming too busy. The other one didn't have a big following and was worried about just not being able to get enough clients. Both were able to fix all of those problems by basically starting at the same place, right? Not because they both had the same problem, but because once you decouple yourself from the experience, whatever the problem is, right, suddenly you open up the possibility for it scaling and growing much bigger than you'd ever be able to manage yourself, whilst also allowing the volume through the model to be able to fix these new problems, right? Once you've got clients regularly flowing in, you can start to fix other things. You can start to use some of the cash, some of the profit to reinvest back into better software, hiring people, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, yes, you're going to encounter different problems as you start to scale up and up in terms of revenue. But for both of these clients in these two different, very different situations, we started with the same thing. Once you are able 
to put 100,000 or 10,000 pounds or dollars into ads and generate that back again with a bit of profit. And in the process, you build, let's say, um, let's say you get um, nine, I'm trying to think of a way, of, like 90 people who say no, or 95 people who say no, five people who say yes to your program. You've got an email list of 95 people. You've got five clients who are paying you on a recurring basis, right? If you scale it up and you keep doing that, and every time you put money into advertising, you're, you're making the money back again, you're building up, and now suddenly you've got 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 35, 50 people paying you on a monthly basis every month. Your recurring income is going up. Your email list is getting bigger, so you can do broadcast your email list and bring in more clients that way. You can send your email list to your YouTube channel, to your podcast, whatever it is you are, else you want to you promote. Suddenly you're building this web of people who are interested, who are referring their friends, who are talking about you, all from one thing fixing and launching this 14 day challenge okay hopefully that was helpful so if you're sat there kind of feeling frustrated about this if your online fitness business just isn't working if you're in one of those two situations hopefully this has helped if you would like more of our help two options or in fact one right if you if you've been listening if you're still listening to this episode and you are interested then we'd like to talk to you um, not to sell you aggressively on the phone, there's no pressure, um, but just to have a chat to see if what we could do, if, if what we do could actually work for you. Um, so if that's the case, send us an email with the subject line, Propane Business Podcast. We'll jump on the phone. We'll talk about it. We'll explain how things work at our end. Um, we'll explain how that would fit for you. We want to chat about where you're at, who your target market is, if you have one, what your goals are. Um, and we'll just discuss things. It's like the, the start of a potential client relationship. So it's very informal. Um, we joke around. It's nothing serious at all. Um, but we find generally without that kind of conversation, it's pretty hard to figure out over email or any other way, to be honest, whether we would actually be able to help you properly. So send us an email with the subject line, Propane Business Podcast. We'll jump you right to the front of the queue um, and we'll have a chat. Otherwise... I will speak to you on the next episode. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.